are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. The weekend is here. Still a lot to get to when we're talking BYU sports. Going to talk about what I thought was an April Fool's joke on April Fool's. It actually has come to be actually a legit report. We'll talk about that. We'll also get to some win total numbers being put out for BYU football. If there indeed is a 2020 football season, we'll talk about that, as well as catching up on some of the awards handed out to two different sports, both swimming and diving, as well as men's volleyball by the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation yesterday. So a lot to get to on a Friday edition of the podcast. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. So let's talk Cougar sports. With that rundown out of the way, let's get it started here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 3rd, 2020. What's up guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked on Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. If you're new to the show, just finding us, welcome on in. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news and insider information that you cannot find anywhere else. And thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast. Like I said, if you're new, make sure to hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify or hit that subscribe button if you're on Apple iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. Regardless, make sure to never miss an episode of the show. Come back each and every day so that way you're always up to date with everything going on in BYU sports news as we are available every day talking BYU Cougars. All right, starting off today's show, let's talk about something that I saw on social media earlier this week that I thought was was just a kind of a hoax that was being perpetrated, but apparently is a legitimate thing. Uh, Ben Criddle and Cougar Sports 960, uh, they do a great job. Actually, have a uh, they're near and dear to my heart because my start in radio, I work for the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City, Utah now. I run DJ and PK in the morning. I've been doing that for the past almost six years now. But uh, the funny thing is, is I got my start full time in radio working with Cougar Sports 960. I was Ben Criddle's original producer. I helped build that show from the ground up when it was back under our umbrella here with the zone. And it's fun to see what Ben Criddle has done with that. And he put something out on social media and been talking about on his show, which is on from 3 to 7 p.m. Uh, in Utah County. He talked about the fact that he thought that Dalton Nixon would be a great addition to the BYU football program this fall as a tight end or maybe a big big wide receiver, etc. Just a, a guy who can go up and catch a football. I laughed it off thinking, you know what, it's April Fool's Day this week, Ben's just having some fun, blah, 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 blah. And then I listened uh, to an interview with Kevin Nixon, of course, the father of Dalton Nixon, who was a BYU basketball star in his own right, and he said that this is a legitimate opportunity. So it made me think, okay, what in the world is going on here? So I started reaching out, talking to some people connected with Dalton, and I can report this to you guys. The, the, th- the thought of having Dalton Nixon as a tran- uh, transition player from basketball to football this fall is not far-fetched at all. I know it might sound far-fetched, but it's not. He is going to pursue it if given the opportunity. Of course, there are going to be plenty of uh, roadblocks and different things that are going to have to be worked through here. Uh, make sure a scholarship is available for him, etc. And with the current uh, format of missionaries, the glut of missionaries returning home from their missions and BYU football, look 
looking like they may have to make some decisions here on guys that they're going to take and put on scholarship, etc., it might not come to fruition, but if there is an opportunity presented and becomes a legitimate opportunity, Dalton Nixon will suit up for BYU football this fall and show what he can do on the football front. A lot of guys have made the transition from basketball to football who are six foot six, six foot seven, uh, forwards who can jump, have got some muscle mass to him, and Dalton Nixon is just that. He's listed at six foot seven, 215 pounds, according to his bio on the BYU Cougars website. I had some people say that Dalton's actually bulked up a little bit, probably weighing around 225 pounds or so. And that's almost prototypical size for a wide receiver, a split tight end in the NFL these days. The biggest issue, I think, for Dalton Nixon is being able to prove that he can go over the middle, take a hit, and catch a football and secure that ball. That's something that he has not faced in basketball. Of course, he has taken multiple charges. He led BYU basketball in charges uh, taken this past season, so he's not averse to contact. We all know that, and he was that type of guy his entire career in uh, both at BYU as well as prepping at Orem High School. So I think this is an interesting uh, situation if it does come to fruition that he gets that opportunity to show what he can do. Like I said, Dalton, uh, you you put him on the goal line and say, okay, we're going to toss the ball up here and you're going to act like this is a rebound drill. You're going to go up, secure that football and come down inbounds. Can you do that? Well, in theory, Dalton Nixon should say, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Because uh, at six foot seven, 215 pounds, he's a basketball player. He's, he has worked his entire life to be able to play above the rim, secure rebounds, battle guys who are bigger than him for position, go get that ball. This is stuff that translates to the football field. There are other things that he's got to work on, obviously, is his lateral ability and the ability to absorb hits and still secure a football being thrown at you at 90 miles an hour. I know it's not 90 miles an hour, but you get what I'm saying. Can he, can he prove that? We'll see, but I think this is a cool thing that Dalton Nixon's willing to give this a shot. I really had a great senior year before that double ankle sprain ended his season prematurely. The BYU basketball season was ended prematurely, obviously, with the cancellation of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So I could see Dalton Nixon looking like, okay, you know what, Mike? athletic career isn't over at BYU I want to give this another shot apparently he still has some school to go I would assume or maybe he can get into a graduate program at BYU and if the opportunity comes about and that's the biggest thing is there's still many things to be worked out but everything I've heard from talking people close to Dalton he will give this give this a shot if given that chance by Kalani Satake and his staff I think it's intriguing. I think it's worth pursuing if you're the BYU football program. There are not very many guys who are 6'7", 220-plus pounds who can run around and shoot three-pointers but also battle for rebounds on the interior and defend guys that are six inches taller and 50 pounds heavier. There are things about the basketball element of Dalton Nixon's game that look like they'd be a natural fit on the football field. Will they come to fruition? Will he be able to show that? Will he be able to get his opportunity to prove that? We're going to find out, but it is not out of the realm of possibility that you could see Dalton Nixon wearing number 33 again if he wants to, I guess, this fall, suiting up for the BYU football program rather than the BYU basketball program. And I, for one, hey, let's give it a shot if I'm the BYU football program. If you can work it out where it's good for all parties involved, give it a shot. But there are many, many roadblocks still to be kind of run over or moved around to be able to make this happen, most notably 
whatever the scholarship situation is with BYU football. I'm still trying to get some clarification on that. Jay Drew did a good piece in the Deseret News, and it, he really broke it down. There's a there's 18 guys who are expected to be on scholarship or scholarship players that are back off of missions. How, how many of those guys are planning on ending their mission right now and trying to get in with BYU football this fall? I don't know. There's also a number of return missionaries who are preferred walk-ons or were walk-ons who earned a roster slot who are expecting to rejoin the BYU football program as well. There's 47 in all. Going to be a very interesting situation. And Dalton Nixon, he's going to be right there in the mix with all of that. And we'll be tracking it for you, bringing in anything that we learn about this as we move forward. All right, we'll uh, talk some more BYU football here in just a second. A win total number out from DraftKings for the 2020 BYU football season, the college football season, obviously in doubt. But we'll talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that listening to this podcast and listening to any podcast up and down the Locked On Podcast Network, is really simple to do. All you've got to do is tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, and we'll be right there with you guys. Uh, the majority of our listeners, I think most of you are working from home now. If you're not, if you're lucky like myself, or you're considered an essential employee, you can get out of the house. Your routine hasn't been changed up all that much. But I think a lot of you have had your routine changed up and you're not commuting. You're not listening to the podcast probably in the same form or fashion that you were. Well, this is a time to kind of get back into a new groove of things. Use your smart devices, your smartphone or your smart speaker in your home. Tell it, play the latest episode of latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast, and we'll make sure to keep you guys up to date on everything with BYU sports news each and every day. All right, the 2020 football season obviously in question. There was a new survey put out by Lead One, which surveyed all 130 FBS uh, athletic directors, saying that 63% of those athletic directors believe that upwards of a 20% cut in revenue could be coming this season, even if it's an abbreviated college football season. So there's going to be a haircut coming for a number of programs. How much that will affect athletic departments? Should some, will some of them uh, simply simply cease to exist who knows what this new landscape of what we're looking at in college football is all about but nonetheless DraftKings uh, they're one of the foremost authorities they used to be a daily fantasy site they still do a lot of that they're also getting into the sports betting scene they have put out their initial win totals for each division one football team in college football well BYU is one of those teams and the over under on that for the Cougars is set at six and a half wins Really interesting to look at that because BYU, we've talked about this on the podcast in the uh, past, but the 2020 season for BYU, the way the schedule sets up right now, we'll talk about another element of that here in just a second, but the 2020 season is the way it sets up right now. It is unrelenting in a word for the Cougars. Uh, They're at Utah, home to Michigan State, at Arizona State, at Minnesota. That's just the first month. You have four power five teams in the first month of the season. That's not all that surprising for BYU. That seems to kind of be par for the course for an independent BYU football program over the past decade. Then in the middle part of the schedule, you have Utah State, Missouri, Houston at Northern Illinois. So you have an SEC school coming to Provo in October. And on the back half of the schedule, you have Boise State, probably the foremost power in the G5 ranks. You're home to San Diego State, who beat you last year. And then you finish up the season, oh yes, at Stanford. That is six power five games on this schedule. So a six and a half win total from DraftKings. Man, they are making you really think about this. I would... 
right now, if I'm looking at it for BYU, I've said before, guys, I'm bullish on BYU this year. I think that offense in particular is really on the come. I really do feel like they're going to be pretty good on offense in particular. I think the defense is coming along. The return of Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga only bolstered my thought that BYU could be an emerging team this year. So right now on its head, I would take the over but just barely. I'd be gunning for seven wins. I would take the seven wins mark so that'd be just barely over that six and a half win total uh, from DraftKings. Very interesting situation all the way around because the 2020 season, well, there's there's a lot of question about if it's actually going to happen. Uh, earlier this week, we played some comments uh, from Brett McMurphy from the Stadium Network. He talked about the fact that one proposition being put out there by college athletic directors is to have a conference-only uh, schedule this season if it needs to be abbreviated, if it needs to be shortened, or if it needs to be pushed back, etc. Well, that would almost seem like on its head doom and gloom for BYU and his fellow independence. Well, as I put out on Twitter yesterday, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. Make sure to also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Cougars. But I put it out on Twitter yesterday. How about this format for a schedule? Let's say if it is a conference only schedule and other programs around the country simply are unable to or won't schedule independent teams. Well, what should BYU do? And I, I thought it was a really interesting situation all the way around because If you're only playing conference-only schedules, well, you have conferences who play eight games. You have conferences who play nine games. What format or will you have a format where you agree amongst the Power Five schools in particular that you're going to play eight or nine games? My bet is to maximize some money here, probably go to a nine-game schedule. That's just my thought on it because they want to maximize as much money as they possibly can out of these games. But I look at it and I just... I wonder how it would affect the independence, honestly, because you look at what BYU has going for them. They've put together a great schedule on its head right now. 2020 looks like the strongest, if not one of, if not the strongest program schedule in BYU football history. But if they have to change it on the fly, what are they going to do? Well, I proposed this on Twitter yesterday. So I said, if you have an eight game schedule that you need to fill out for BYU and you only have the seven independent schools around the country to pick from. There are seven. You have University of Notre Dame, obviously, BYU, Army, New Mexico State, Liberty, UConn, and UMass. Those are the seven independent programs. So in theory, right there, you have six games BYU could knock out if you went just one game for each of those. Well, what I proposed is that you would have you would try to set up a home-and-home home series with Notre Dame, obviously, that Notre Dame's Notre Dame. They are the biggest name in college football, and they still remain that way. You get a home-and-home with them and also put a home-and-home series together with New Mexico State, who is the closest of the independents to you geographically. They're down there in Las Cruces, New Mexico, so it wouldn't be a bad flight to do that. So you have four games right there with those home-and-home series with both Notre Dame and New Mexico State. And then I proposed away games at Liberty and then at UConn and then a home game set with Army and UMass. What do you guys think? That'd be eight games. That'd fill out your eight-game schedule. You have a pretty home, strong home slate, I feel like. You have the Army, which is a national powerhouse. There are Army alumnus, I guess alumni all over the country, people who have served in the Army. I have an uncle who is a lieutenant colonel in the Army. He would be at that game in a heartbeat, and he's not even a BYU fan. He would be at that game in a heartbeat. 
Uh, you have Notre Dame coming in here. You'd have New Mexico State, and then you have UMass. Obviously, you played UMass. It'd be another game against the Minutemen, who have really been down in the dumps. But you kind of are forced at this point in this hypothetical situation. Let's be clear, this is purely hypothetical. But you look at it, and I feel like that'd be actually a reasonably decent schedule to put together on the fly. Let's say the Power Five decides you need nine games for a schedule. Well, then you call up the U.S. Military Academy, the Army Black Knights, and you say, okay, Army, we'll go home and home. We'll go to West Point. You guys come to Provo, and there's your ninth game. For what BYU might be having to scramble to do here, if it comes to fruition, I hope that we have a full college football season. Let me be very clear about that. I want to see the 2020 schedule that I just talked about earlier, the Utah, Michigan State, Arizona State, Minnesota, Missouri, Stanford. Those, I want to see those games played. Don't get me wrong. But if worse comes to worse, all of a sudden they're, everything's thrown into the – into the hopper shaken up and they're saying that conferences are only going to play conference games it's what we're doing well those seven independent schools are going to have to scramble they're going to have to band together help each other out I think all things considered a schedule like I just proposed to you guys home and home series with Notre Dame and New Mexico State if you have to have a ninth game a home and home with Army and then fill in the other games with Liberty UConn and UMass I don't think you could do much worse than that on short notice for BYU. Let me know what you guys think. Like I said, follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. Tweet at me. My DMs are open as well. The show Twitter feed is at, at Locked On Cougars. You also can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Locked On Cougars as well. And if you want to drop us a note via email, please do so. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. I say that because you guys truly are the lifeblood of this podcast. Our format next week, we're not being required to do five shows a week our requirement now from the podcast network the locked on podcast network is to do three shows but as i've said the last couple of days i'm going to endeavor to do a show every day i possibly can if i have to miss a day or day here or there to uh, really load up on on some notes etc that way i'm not uh, giving you fluff in one show and giving you a good show the next day I'll do that. But like I said, I'm going to endeavor to do a show each and every day. So that way you guys are never left short with BYU Sports Talk on this podcast. So weigh in with your thoughts at Jacob C. Hatch, at Locked On Cougars. And also feel free to drop us a note, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. As we close out this Friday edition of the podcast, hope you guys all had a great week. I know we're all in very strange times. We're three weeks into this COVID-19 downtime. I had a great time reliving the last game I actually saw before I went on my mission to Taiwan in 2006 was the 2006 Rose Bowl game. uh, Notre, not Notre Dame, USC versus Texas. They replayed it on ESPN last night. I didn't like the fact that they were skipping ahead in action during this. Why not play the game in its entirety but I still had a great time it brought back so many fun memories one of the greatest football games if not the greatest football game I have ever seen Vince Young Matt Leiner Reggie Bush Lendell White man just so many great names uh, from that game and it was a lot of fun last night so hopefully you guys are having some fun with this I've struggled to watch replays of games just in their entirety they just don't hold my attention but last night I was locked in with that. So hopefully you guys are navigating the downtime as well. And hopefully this podcast is kind of helping you guys pass the time a little bit as well. All right. A couple other notes before we, before we go on today's podcast is I wanted to talk about the 
all MPSF, MPSF awards that were handed out yesterday. Let's start off with uh, men's volleyball. BYU junior opposite hitter Gabby Garcia Fernandez was named 2020 MPSF Player of the Year. Just a phenomenal season. He set the program record for aces despite the abbreviated season the Cougars had. Just a truly all-time season despite it being shortened. For Gabby Garcia Fernandez, so congratulations to him on earning that Player of the Year award. Uh, As you would expect, Sean Olmstead was named 2020 MPSF Coach of the Year for his efforts in leading BYU to that number one ranking. Cougars, in my mind, are the national champions. I know that the NCAA tournament wasn't played, etc., but I thought the Cougars were the best team in college volleyball this year, and I think they, if they want, they could raise a banner if they so desire. A couple other awards handed out. The All-MPSF first team featured four Cougars, including Gabby Garcia Fernandez, Davide Gardini, the sophomore outside hitter for BYU, really easy selection there. Will Stanley, the senior setter, who's expected to come back for another season next year uh, with the eligibility relief, was named first team. And then Felipe De Brito Ferreira, also named first team All MPSF. Uh, second team featured two, uh, one Cougar and Zach Eschenberg, an outside hitter in his own right. We'll see if he, he decides to come back for another year. Honorable mention also went to Mickey Jehanan, a senior middle block for the Cougars. So congratulations to all of those players on earning those honors. It's fantastic to see them continuing to get all of these awards and they deserve every bit of them. And I want to wish them nothing but the best going forward. I think a lot of them are coming back. I hope we make another run in a national title next year. We'll see what happens with that. Other MPSF awards were handed out in the swimming and diving categories yesterday. Katie McBratney was named freshman of the year by the MPSF. Mickey Strauss was awarded diver of the year. And then Tice Routson was named men's diving coach of the year according to the MPSF yesterday so congratulations to all three of those members of the swimming and diving programs at BYU well-deserved honors in their own rights all right that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast it is a blast to be with you guys each and every day like I said enjoy your weekend the weather looking up here along the Wasatch front after some chilly days earlier on in the week but skies are clear hopefully you guys can get out and enjoy the outside a little bit maintain the social distancing uh, the, the physical distancing going on obviously Uh, I'm hoping to get on the golf course again this weekend hopefully I'll see you guys out there but enjoy your weekend have some fun with your family Uh, if you're seeing friends like I said maintain that physical distancing we got to crush this curve the hashtag crush this curve by the way did you guys see Kalani Satake's video absolutely hilarious uh the the audio wouldn't do it justice so i didn't insert it into today's podcast but if you haven't seen it follow him on twitter you can go to the byu football twitter page as well but kalani satake doing a psa for this hashtag crush the curve uh, effort going on and i have to say coach you nailed it. Uh, Mark Pope didn't do bad in his own right, but Kalani Satake was just absolutely phenomenal with the karaoke machine singing, his kids sitting there on the couch just looking like, Dad, are you seriously going to do this? It was just, mwah. That was perfection, I thought. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. So hat goes off to Kalani Satake for doing his part to help hashtag crush the curve check it out guys testutah.com fantastic way to see if you need to be tested for COVID-19 but also learn more about what you can do to like I said hashtag crush the curve thanks again for joining us have a great weekend we will talk to you guys on Monday this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 3rd 2020